Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in. Happy to have you with us here on a Friday morning. Scary Mommy is where we got this one. A very lengthy essay written by a mom who talks about when she was a kid, her mom had a lot of wanderlust and would take her out of school. It wasn't a big deal to take her out of school to go do a long weekend, do museums, do little trips, um, and, and go and do all kinds of things. So she says now that she is a mom and has that similar sense of, of wanderlust, as she describes it, she has no problem taking her kids out of school to go on family trips. Yes, we're talking about long weekends, but she also said at one point they pulled the kids out for an entire week to go to Florida. They said in an effort to avoid crowds at Disney and Kennedy Space Center, they chose to go several weeks before the school was on spring break. And she's described other trips of that. Now, she also describes that when they do these trips, they go visit museums. They do things that are ed- educational. <laughs> yeah. OK. Well, I don't know how much difference that part of it makes, but it's it's a nice little, you know, deferring to, well, at least we try to keep the educational process going. Um, Yeah, we did the same thing. When I was in eighth grade, we went to Hawaii for a week, and it was October, I think. So, yeah, it was right in the middle of the school year. I know what she's saying about the expense of it all. It makes sense. If you travel during spring break, you're going to pay for it because they know everybody's going to travel during spring break. But if you do it in February, you know, when everybody's still in school, things tend to be cheaper and they're not as packed. There's reasons to do it that way, but how much damage does one week out of school really do to the kids' educational process? This is what she says. We keep an eye on the number of days we miss. Only 10 absences are allowed without a doctor's excuse in their state. So she knows that. She knows she knows that she can do the week in Florida, but that only gives her five other days to work with if she wants to do this. And she also says they pay attention to things that are hard to make up. Testing, school-wide events important days at school but she says other than that we don't we're never going to skip an opportunity even if school's in session so do you do this and at what point do you say okay that's too much 913-586-7798 yeah would you pull them out for a week um i mean a long weekend you're talking about maybe what a friday and a monday that they're going to be gone so that's it's two days i think there's a big difference between that and being gone from Friday until a week from Monday, you know, and just yeah. being out of school uh, gives you a chance to go do something really cool, like go to Honolulu for a little while. But still, um, yeah, how much damage is that really going to do and how much are they going to? Obviously, you can't do it during exam week. Obviously, right. you, know, you can't when, when there's a real heavy duty test coming up. But teachers, in our experience, 
they were always more than happy with, okay, make sure they do this while they're out. You know, here's here's the list of assignments mm-hmm. that are going to be there. And you can take all that stuff with you and then completely ignore it. Although she says, um, you know, they tell the school ahead of time, teachers prepared them, prepared them some worksheets to take along. But she says, I admit, we didn't make much effort to complete them. <laughs> Nobody does. She says, if I, here's the line, if I didn't take my laptop on vacation, I can't see making my kids work during theirs. And it's, it's an interesting analogy. Yeah. Uh, how far, how, honestly, how far behind do you get in a week? I think you can I think you can get pretty far behind actually. This is why um there's been an effort that to have trimesters now in year-round school because the longer you're out of school, the less you're going to retain. Sure. I realize we're talking about a week, not 6 weeks, but I think it can make a difference and it and it depends on and this is the teacher in me that says it depends on what time of school year we're talking about. Um you know, are they this is where I'd ask teachers like is there a week that works better? Um, where like they're not just starting some big, new, complicated, hard subject where you want them in class. But I think a week can make a big difference in, in them having to play catch up when they get back. Yeah, and it also depends on what's covered during that week, obviously, because, right. I mean, if it's something like if your kid's in chemistry class and they miss the week where you teach how to do those chemical equations and that's the rest of the unit, well, yeah. yeah, your kid's going to come back and go, why? Why? I don't understand. Why, when I mix these two elements, does this happen? And, you know, how to do that math. So that can be tough. But uh, different classes are going to hit those things at different times a year, too. Does it depend on how good of a student your child is? Because for me, it did. I was a really good student. We never, My mom never took me out of school for a week. Um, our, our summer vacations were always summer vacations. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a big deal for her. Um, we didn't call it mental health days, but it wasn't a big deal for her to let me skip school occasionally if I just wasn't in the mood, but it was because I was a good student. She wasn't going to reward not being a good student with extra time off. Sure. Yeah. And and that's going to make a difference as well, because the the better students, the ones who are a little sharper and the ones who are a little more adept to studying are going to be the ones who will be able to miss that week and catch up without too much effort. But I think that, and a lot of you are texting in, feel free to call here, 913-586-7798. Is it the same, the line that she said, is it the same as an adult who's not expected to work on vacation? Should Should the kids be expected to do any of the work that they missed while they're on vacation. Yeah, I see that as kind of a false analogy because you're not you're not at work to learn things. You're at work right. to do things. So those things are going to get done. They'll just be either waiting for you when you get back or they'll be shifted to somebody else who does a similar job as yours. So, uh, I mean, they, they build in that time. They already know that's going to be there. The school builds in time off, too. The school has holidays and Christmas break and you know, winter break, mm-hmm. <laughs> spring break, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we used to call them Christmas break and Easter break. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those things already exist. And for, uh, taking extra time off is it, it's it's not the same because you're not doing exactly the same thing when you get back as when you left. How do we feel about this? Uh, let's go to the phones. Ryan's called us up out of KC first up. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Um, so as a student, when I was in high school, anytime we had a trip planned, we would uh, have it planned in advance and we would at least a week before we actually took the trip, we would get the assignments and turn them in before the trip actually started. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. 
And then if it was a new subject that the teacher was worried about, we'd ask for a tutor to be able to teach us the new subject. So, yeah. Did you go public school or private school? Uh, I did public school. Um, but the te- the teachers were usually more than happy to just find another kid in the class that understood something more than most of the other kids. Yeah. Usually in public schools, so they're... There's different levels of people, right? So there's different levels of learning, and some people. Uh, what I usually was one of the kids that was like, "Why are we doing this? I already know this." <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the feeling. All right. Uh, very good, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a curiosity, but it makes a lot of sense for the teacher to go, "Okay, well, you're in junior physics or whatever. I'll grab a senior who did this last year. They can sit you down and talk to you about it. You can take the test, do the work." I love that idea I of too. doing the work before you go because that way, when you're on vacation, you never have to think about it. You're just on vacation. Okay, we have teachers texting in. I didn't know if people were, it's always, you never know what days teachers have off. <laughs> if you're a teacher and you're listening, give us a call. Because I think that's the perspective we need. It, and we have a teacher that just texted and said, as a teacher, I hate this. Most of the time, parents give us little notice. And then, then uh, a day before, let's see, voice to text is difficult. Uh, They're wanting a week's worth of work where there's lots of information that can't be taught through worksheets and then they don't do it. I also think like if there's group work, there's no easy way to make that up and you come in and that's hard to get into. She's, he or she is right. Not every, not everything is taught via worksheet or via assignment. There are things that you actually have to be taught. If yeah, definitely, yeah. And, and if you've got a lab partner and you're used to, you know, you're doing having different uh, responsibilities to augment the lab partner, well, not only are you out, but you're leaving them alone, too. So I, I understand that piece of it. I wonder to that teacher who texted in, would if 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 all parents did it like Ryan's parents did it, would it make it easier where they give you a lot more notice and that they have to have to do all the work and turn it all in before they even go? Yeah, give us insight on that. And again, if, if you have no problem, I, I think a week is excessive. I don't I don't see a big problem with a day here or there. And I don't see a big problem if you first ask your teachers ahead of time, hey, we're thinking about doing this trip. We understand there are, are you have lesson plans and there are things where they need to be in class. Give us an idea of when it would be more or less problematic. You're gonna score a lot of points with your teacher, by the way in doing that sure also doesn't hurt so 913-586-7798 get to more of your calls on this next here in kmbz moving on here to a couple of stories that we've got about language and the first is and i like this because national grandparents day is this sunday keep that in mind Uh, so there was a story that was done about the names that we give our grandparents and what determines that it's so funny because, I mean, I, I remember even as a kid hearing some of my classmates refer to their grandparents by different names than I had ever heard before going, what? <laughs> what, what did you just call them? Uh, and it's funny because it does sound weird. And yet when it's inside your own family, well, that's just that's kind of their name. You mm-hmm. know, when you're the grandchild, you call them that because you're almost calling them by their name. So whether it's Mima or Peepaw or Pop Pop or Grandpa or Gramps or whatever, it all kind of, you know, it, it just feels right to you. And when other people hear it from outside the family, they go, huh, I've never heard that word before. Um, so, and, and it turns out a lot of it is geographic. 
Yeah, and what I think is interesting about this, because we've got the map, um, the most popular nicknames for grandma. What I want to know is how many people actually address their grandparents, not address them. I never called my grandma, Grandma Bernice was her name. I never said that. I just said grandma. But who, how many people just use that term, grandma and grandpa? Because that's what we did. We did two for one set of our. My mom's parents were grandma and grandpa. My dad's parents didn't want terms that made them sound that old. So they were just ma and pa. Okay. You know, uh, I don't know why it just kind of worked out that way. But yeah, they seemed to they seemed ready to go with it. But, you know, my mom and dad were mom and dad. So Mm -hmm. there was a differentiator. We knew we always knew. But a lot of families do exactly what you just said. Instead of being grandma and grandpa on both sides, which would get really confusing. You call them Grandpa Steve and Grandma Phyllis or whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe it was because I was much closer to my dad's parents than my mom's. They just didn't live near us. And so if if I had to just be clear about which grandma I was talking about, I said it's Grandma Marie or it's Grandma (laughs) Bernice, whatever. But you didn't call her that. You if you were out in public, you wouldn't say, hey, Grandma Bernice, come and look at this. Yeah. On the rare occasion they were in the same room together. I just called them both grandma. Yep. But I know it gets complicated, especially when you have um, like if you have great grandparents, then what do you, especially if you're, you know, you kind of have kids younger. This happened in my family where um, I have a cousin that had kids that are in college now. And I think about that with our age, but like they had multiple sets and multiple generations of grandparents to think about. And it was just hard to keep everybody straight. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny because somebody on the text line just said kids call their grandparents, whatever the name the first grandchild came up with. That is a hundred percent true with my Mm -hmm. mom. My, my sister's daughter was born first. So, because my sister's five years older than me, so she had a daughter way before I had kids. And her daughter, when she was about two, couldn't say grandma. So she called my mom Gummy. And she okay. and mom stayed that way through every grandkid <laughs> forever, you know? Uh, they all called her that. Even Tiffany, who was my, my niece, uh, the one that came up with that in the first place, even her kids called my mom Gummy. We'll also get into the part of the story. They asked, 1,500 Americans were polled, which grandparent was your favorite? Mm-hmm. And there's one that stands out dramatically compared to the others. We'll really? get to that here in a second. Okay. Yeah. So here's state by state um, what the most common nicknames are. So nationally, 12 states, the most common nickname for grandma is Nana. Yeah, and, we that's, never did. and that's a very northern thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, although it does pervade, apparently, throughout the Midwest as well, because they've got South Dakota, Nebraska, and uh, and Kansas, and Missouri, as a matter of fact, all with Nana is number one. Right. Um, and then a bunch of them come up. Um, Grammy, Granny, Gran is in there. That's that's the a British thing. Yeah. In, in England, Gran is very common. Oma comes up a little bit, which I believe is the German for it i like that i know i have friends that their son that's what they call grandma and i like that because it's so easy to say yep uh, oma is very easy for a kid to say there's also yeah and, and there's a ton of them too that that are from other languages like booby comes in that's a that's a yiddish thing uh and then abuela which is spanish is california arizona texas and florida okay so then the, on the grandpa side um for kansas it's pop i'm gonna have a hard time distinguishing between papa and Papa. Yeah. Because very similar to me. And and Kansas is one and Oklahoma is the other. Right. Um, Pop Pop is Missouri. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. That one also uh, in northern central. So you've got Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, and then Pennsylvania for whatever reason pops in there as well. But uh, yeah, Gramps, Granddad, uh, and as you might imagine, with Abuelo being so common throughout some of the southern states, Abuelo is also in New Mexico and Nevada, California, uh, Florida. Yeah, that's all over the place down south. What I think is interesting about this a little bit is that in those few states that used a term that was centric to another country, yeah, the male version is not, except in one state. But there's not, um, there's there's not a male alternative that they use. They just use the American version. Yeah, and I'm also looking at now Massachusetts for is the grandpa, only one is yeah is Dedushka. Is it Polish? I will have to look that up. It sounds. Uh, let's see. Seems to me it would be, but Russian. Yeah. Is it Russian? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Just learned that. <laughs> Didn't know there was that higher Russian population in Massachusetts, but apparently. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to keep them coming in, uh, yeah, what, what were yours and how is it decided? It's funny because my son and his wife had a very serious phone call with me and my wife when when their son was born and said, "Okay, we have to know what he's going to call you." I was like, mm-hmm. I, "I don't. He can call me whatever he wants to." Right. Um, but yeah, they were really serious about it. They had to get this all down so they knew who was being spoken of. We'll go to Ashley in Boonville and see what she thinks about all this. Hello, Ashley. Hey guys, uh, my boys. Uh, they've got grandma, which is my mom. They've got grandpa, which is my dad. Mm-hmm. Then they've got grandma Barbara, which is my stepmom, and Papa Doug, which is my stepdad. What's weird to me, my grandmother is still alive, 87 years old, still has all of her faculties by the grace of God. When my JJ, my oldest, was born, my grandma went from being grandma to being granny because she was the great grandma. And that was what I always oh. called my great grandma whenever I had my great grandma around still. So I wonder if that's not part of it, but like my ex-husband's parents, they're Gigi and Papa because his mom didn't want to be called grandma. So she's Gigi (laughs) for gorgeous grandma. There you go. Whatever. Yeah, but that's how they came up with the names. And then now with my grandkids, I'm Nana and my husband's just fuzzy Papa because he's got a big old beard. Love it. So huh. some of it is up to what the kids, because the he was always Papa, but the fuzzy Papa started with my oldest granddaughter, yeah. where she started running around, a step-granddaughter technically, but whatever. Mm-hmm. She started running around calling him fuzzy Papa, and it stuck. And it just stuck, right. And when that happens, yeah. I mean, it's, it's usually the most adorable name. And I got to admit, fuzzy grandpa is pretty cool. Yeah, seeing a little three-year-old blonde hair, blue-eyed girl go, fuzzy papa, fuzzy papa. Yeah, that's it. You're done. You're fuzzy papa. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Ashley. That's how we did it. Bye, guys. Thanks, Thanks. Ashley. I will. I am too old to ever be a great grandparent. I'm too old to be. I'm probably at the point in my life where I won't be a grandparent either. But the word granny is not a word I ever want to be referred to as. I mean that's the that's the epitome of something where you know you're old like, if that's your nickname. <laughs> yeah, well my my dad his his mother's mother, so my great grandmother on that side. He referred to her as Grammy and so did I. I mean, I knew her when I, well, she died when I was probably 7 or 8, but I knew her well enough at that point um that, that you know she was yeah, you know, she was just Grammy, but she always was. Not Granny though. You're right. I mean, that one that one almost has a pejorative sound to it. It's like, yeah, a little old Granny. Is there a male version of it that sounds that old? Um 
Wow. Grampy isn't a thing. We don't say that. Grampy. Oh, yeah. No, my, my that, is it? that was my dad's mom's dad was Grampy. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, um, I feel like that's not as common. I don't hear that as much. <laughs> yeah. I, him I never met uh, because men don't tend to live as long. So, uh, but, but yeah, I've had, I've heard him refer to Grammy and Grampy before. Yeah. What's the oldest name we can call a man in terms of grand grandparents wow. and great grandparents? What's the <laughs> oldest sounding? <laughs> Methuselah. Uh, yeah. If, if you can think of one that, that just, yeah, that, that you don't like because it has that connotation to it of just making you sound not only old, but but kind of frail and doddering, you know, and that's when I hear granny, that's kind of the image that I get in my head is that she's just, you know, holding onto her little purse and wandering around town. Uh, let's go to Mike in the Northland and see what he thinks. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning to you guys. Morning. Morning. Just a quick story for you. When I was, uh, my grandson was born about 24 years ago, and he was just starting to talk. And at that time, for some reason, just out of kid talk, he started calling me Bop, B-O-P. Love it. And that has stuck with him ever since. And to this day, he's 24, 25 years old, and he still calls me Bop. <laughs> that's, so, that's got kind of a cool sound to it, too. It's like, hey, Bop, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Yep, quick and easy to say, and uh, it's it's just stuck with me, and it's stuck with him, so it's kind of neat. Love it, Mike. Thank mm. you. That's great. Thanks, Mike. Uh, uh, we need to get to a break. Yeah, Grandpap is coming in for, for things that make you sound old pappy. Oh, Pappy. Yeah. That's the old. I think that's it. That's I think Pappy one. is the is the version of Granny. <laughs> that is the oldest sounding here. Uh, we need to get to a break. Callers on hold. We'll get to you coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What is the nickname that you gave your grandparents or great-grandparents or that your grandchildren call you? And did you have a preference? That's another curious thing about this. Yeah, I mean, if, if there was a name they started calling you and you didn't like it, did you even let on or did you just kind of let it go and let it slide? Off to Dave and Liberty we go. Hello, Dave. Hey, guys. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Uh, my grandfather was Pops. So when my daughter was having a grandson, uh, I was going to be Pops as well. But he uh, didn't pronounce the P, and so I became Bops, much like the previous caller yeah. with Bob. I was Bops. <laughs> so at first I was like, eh, I'm supposed to be Pops. And my wife was like, uh, Bops is adorable, and you're going to stick with it because that's what he calls you. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for anything. There you, you go. hear him come in the room, and you hear Hey, Bops. And so, it, yeah, I'm now, stuck with it now, and I love it. And now, what, what does he call your wife? Uh, she's Nana. She's Okay. All right. Very cool. Bops and Nana. Yeah. Love it. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Dave, thank you. Um, Thanks, Dave. 
Yeah, it's it's always about what the kids just come up with. You know, they're a lot more creative than we are. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. We can keep going here. To Elizabeth and KCMO next. Hello, Elizabeth. Hey, how are you today? Doing fine. How are you? Fine, thank you. Okay, so Italian tradition, here we go. Mm-hmm. So for the grandmother, she is Nana, not Nana, Nana. Okay. And yes, some they do have Nana, which is what my daughter's mother-in-law is called. And then my husband is called Papa. Now, if we go into the greats, they are called Nona or Noni. Nona came up in our family. The Italian side of my family, that came up. Nona. There you go. There you go. But what's real funny is my son-in-law on his side, which is so great, the kids call his dad Papa Sir. It's hysterical. I don't know. It was when his, his first grandson came around, something about call me sir or whatever. So now all the grandkids call uh, his dad Papa Sir instead of Grandpa. And then uh, his, uh, their mother's called Nana. So there's the difference between Nana being his mother, Nana being me. Okay. And don't, and don't forget, Jamie, as you know how it goes, the first son's named after the husband's father. Say that to me again. First son is named the after. first son after the husband's father, which we did in my case. Oh, that's what we, so like my dad, who was the first son, his middle name is my grandpa's name. Is right. That, does there that follow you go. it? Okay. That's what it yes. is. Yes. Same thing with my, with what we did with my daughter. We took my father-in-law's mother's first name and I gave her my middle name. So her daughter, who's going to be, who is a boo baby, she's going to be one years old. She is named Rosie Elizabeth. So she's got the middle name or the first name of the grandmother. And my first name. So you see, it's just all the same thing with my son-in-law. They named their daughters after her grandmothers on both sides. So again, it's all again all in the family. Yeah. You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fascinating, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It's it's so funny and the, when those traditions pop up. And Elizabeth, thank you. And how closely they're followed, because we broke with a lot of that when we were naming our kids. Although uh, my second son is Cameron Christopher. And the reason for his middle name is that my first wife's mother was Christine. So right. they wanted to keep that going. Even though we never had a girl, <laughs> we got nothing but boys in our family. Um, yeah, they, they, they at least kind of kept the name going a little bit. You got me thinking now, and I don't want to talk it out in the air to try to figure it out, but now you got me <laughs> thinking about what, what the, the tradition has been in my family. If I'm not mistaken, my, myself, my mom, and my mom's mom all have the same middle name. Okay. And that would, because it's just, it's easy. It just, it's it's a nice ring to it with everybody. Yeah, my, so. my middle name is my dad's first name. And okay. and my uh, my sister's middle name is my dad's mother's name. So, yeah, I mean, okay. they all kind of got recycled over time. <laughs> recycled. <laughs> I, I like it. I'll oh, keep going. Yeah, let's get Linda and the Ozarks in here. Hi, Linda. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I was, my husband's parents were called grandmother and granddad. And so I adopted that for myself and for him with our grandchildren. It's very formal. A very formal, but grandma. Eh. <laughs> it doesn't work so well for you, huh? No. <laughs> no. Um, 
and uh, we each of my twin boys had uh, boys uh, six weeks apart. So by now there are three, and they uh, they both learned how to say grandmother uh, very young. Yeah, and, and that's um, not easy for a little kid either. No, no. I, so I guess they're very smart. I, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, be happy. But, you got uh, smart grandkids. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And then the little girl, uh, she's just a year, so she hasn't uh, been, you know, addressing us yet. But hopefully soon. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks, Linda. Keep these coming in here. Uh, we'll keep rolling. One rolling more. on the phones. Yeah, let's go to Dusty and Gladstone up next. Hi, Dusty. Hi. Hey. Hi. I was uh, calling. Uh, my my five-year-old twins actually call their grandmother Bacon. Um, they can say grandma just fine, but for some reason, my mom is Bacon, and we still don't know where they came up with it <laughs> or how they really where you know what the i mean they have a little bit of a speech delay but we thought it was pretty funny that they still to this day call her walk on even though they google it now what other countries have for names for grandmother to see if they heard it somewhere that's wild um and and she's okay with it she's okay whatever they call me it's all good she has a t-shirt she has a t-shirt that says that her grandkids call her walk on how how does she spell it on the t-shirt i think it's i think she spells it b-a-w-c-u-n okay yeah, right. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I would have spelled it a little different, but she that's how she has it spelled on her shirt. But yeah, she loves it because their other grandma, they pronounce her name, they call her grandma, Grandma Frizzy. So. Excellent. Hmm. Uh, Dusty, thank you. That's funny. Yeah, for a while, my, my kids were calling one of their grandparents other grandma. <laughs> so, nice. How you doing, other nice. grandma? The other one. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was looking up because I couldn't remember, although I, uh, now that I've looked them up, I remember hearing. You were looking up other uh, other countries and other mm-hmm. languages. What did you find? Um, there's a ton on here. I, I was wrong about Oma. It's Dutch, not German. Is it Dutch? By okay. the way. Uh, so those are so close. It, yeah. It, it probably wouldn't be far from that in German either. Um, because uh, I looked up Polish and Babja, that, that was mm-hmm. one. That's grandma, uh, and I had I forgotten that. I couldn't remember, couldn't pull it out of the old memory banks. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, heard that a million times when I was a kid." Boy, it's funny. Oma in various spellings comes up a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of li- just like a version of Nana or Nona comes up a lot. Yep. Oma is on here quite a bit. Some of these I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Not even close. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be able to figure it out. Well, yeah, but I, like for Greek, I've heard Yaya before. Oh, yeah, from Greek. Uh huh. That's common. And I yeah, I had looked up uh, for for the same reason. I had looked up grandfather in Polish as well. And I think it's Jodek is the way that it's pronounced, but it's D Z I A D E K. Wow. Because it's Polish and they don't use anywhere near the same letters. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Let's see. Uh, I think Sarah is next up out of Spring Hill. Hello, Sarah. Hi. How are you guys today? Couldn't be better now that you're here. What's on your mind? <laughs> I was just going to add to the grandma names. I um, turned, make, became a grandma fairly early in life, and when my son told me he was having a child, I said, well, we have to have a hip grandma name because I'm not doing the granny or grandma or any of that nonsense. So all of my grandkids and adopted grandkids call me Ani, O-N-I. I like that. Okay. That's that, And they just came up with it? There's no real reason for it? No, I came up with it because I didn't want 
I didn't want to risk them calling me Granny or some <laughs> other name. So I decided I would be Ani. It was easy to spell, O-N-I. It's easy to say. Yeah. And it's a very hip grandma name. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Sarah, thank you. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny because the one that our kids came up with for my wife, for Jen, was Glamma with an L because like she's that. because she's so glamorous. I like that. That's a good <laughs> twist on it. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and it works. I mean, she she didn't mind it at all. She goes with it. Let's do Allison and St. Joe next. Hi, Allison. Hi. Hey there. Um, my I call my grandma Bubby, and my grandpa was Zeta because we're Jewish. Yep. Yes, and and uh, yeah, those uh, those are those are the Yiddish names for both. So, uh, yeah, very cool, and also very common. It's it's another one that I heard a lot when I was little. <laughs> thanks, mm-hmm. Allison. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, thanks everybody for getting in. Uh, we are entertained by these that continue to come in on the text line. Uh, to wrap the hour, we have to f- talk about the story about what was found in the walls of a home uh, that surprised the people that were there. We'll get to that story still here on KMBZ. Phone number here. Okay, so people buy a new home. New Jersey is where we go for this one. Had only lived in their house for a couple of days when their basement flooded. And when they had to tear out some of the wall because it had been soaked in this storm, this was not what they expected to find. No, no. Yeah, they went up about, it looks like about 18 inches on the wall and started cutting away the drywall that had been damaged. And when they did, stuff started just pouring out of the walls. The stuff in question were little plastic pint bottles of Captain Morgan. <laughs> Spiced rum. All of them empty, by the way, just came piling out of the wall. And and it was bottle after bottle after bottle. In the initial video, there's got to be a couple hundred of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all empty, like you said. It's not like they discovered this gold mine of liquor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, party! No, no, right. not so much. So, <laughs> begs the question, how did they get there and why? Yeah, and the answer is, and, and we know this because the guy who put them there saw the video. He saw the video went viral, and all of a sudden he saw that and went, "Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was me." Uh, and it was all him too. Apparently, he had quite the, uh, the the taste for booze while he lived in the house. He didn't say why he walled up all the empty bottles. Uh, maybe just as a, as a sort of a collection or, or as some kind of a time capsule or whatever. But he got in touch with the couple who owned the house and mm-hmm. said, yeah, uh, those are mine. And uh, sorry about that. Um, and went on to, to tell them, by the way, just so you know, I've been clean and sober now for three years. So there won't be any more rum bottles added to the walls. But he did say there are hundreds more. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the house. Okay. So immediately when I saw that, I thought... Um, it is not uncommon for people with a drinking problem to hide liquor in their house. Yes. And they're, they're geniuses at it. Why do you hide the empty bottles in your house instead of just throwing them away? I wish I knew whether it was, I mean, maybe the guy in addition to, you know, I mean, he obviously had a drinking problem. I'm, I'm not foisting that on him. I'm just saying that it's obvious because he made a big point out of the fact that he's now three years clean and sober. Right. So if he was drinking that much rum, I mean, we don't know how many years it took to get that collection going, but I, I mean, you can kind of see it from, 
if he also had some kind of OCD or some other, you know, compulsion that he couldn't throw his liquor bottles away and just decided to wall them up in the house so that he knew they were always there, even though he couldn't see them. Who knows what it was? But I mean, the fact that there's so many more of them, if it were you and you discovered this and he told you, yeah, there's hundreds more in other walls in the house, would you try to find them or would you just let it go? Um, boy, that's a good question. It's weird. It would be weird to me to leave them for someone else to find. <laughs> yeah, because eventually, I mean, the house is going to come down after a, after a period of time, right? I'm trying to figure out if there's any danger to leaving them. If there's any reason why you can't just leave them. I, it depends on the wall. The only thing that I can think of, it wouldn't be a danger necessarily, but uh, if you're, you know, if they're in an exterior wall, you're, uh, you know, the, the insulation isn't going to be as efficient. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think. Um, yeah, that, that's the only thing in your walls. As long as <clears throat> it's not interfering with piping, you know, or, or, or anything like that, or electrical. And these were all plastic? Yeah. Weren't they all plastic? Yeah, they're all, they're all little, they're, they're, they're little plastic pint bottles of Captain Morgan. Um, and they're all so the, the same. Only... I mean, it's, it's like there's no big bottles in there. There's no half pints. It's all exactly the same bottle. So my only fear would be, is it possible they would melt at some point? Like get close to a water pipe that gets hot or something? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, if you had a steam, like if you if you did steam heat in your house, we used to have steam heat in the house. It was a pain in the butt. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that would get hot enough to melt them. It might, but it, it, I, don't, I certainly think it would fall far short of the ignition point. It's not going to cause a fire. Yeah. Yeah, and somebody said you'd have to disclose it if you were to sell the house. <laughs> How do you put that on the form? <laughs> Zillow would pick that one up. Zillow Gone Wild would pick that up in a second. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably right, but yeah, is there a spot for that? By the way, the walls are all full of uh, of empty liquor bottles, so just so you know, they're there. They're not bothering anybody, but... And they go through in the article what other people have found, like other caches and treasure mm-hmm. troves that people have found, and somebody said they found... And, and we did this. Uh, they, they said they opened up a wall and found that a woodpecker had been leaving acorns in the wall. And there were thousands of them. Yeah. When we moved in, our house has concrete steps going up to the to the patio. And at the like five steps from the top, they had put wooden steps on top of the concrete steps. And one of the little critters, whether it was a squirrel or a chipmunk or whatever, decided, hey, there's a really cool hiding place. We moved one of those steps, and it was full. I mean, to the point that they didn't move. You know what I mean? When uh-huh. we pulled the step up, it was full of acorns. Wow. Um, yeah, there, that's a scene right out of a TV show where they all just come flowing out and, like, flood the space that they're in. Yep. So, okay, I want to talk about what's going on in Toronto. Because we've got a lot of weird <laughs> stories today. And this is right up there with some of the strangest things I've heard in a while. Squidman. Now, they're they're calling him the Ink Bandit, which I think is just ridiculous because they had such an obvious nickname sitting right there in front of him. Um, a guy described coming off of a subway in the Toronto Underground, and this guy comes along and squirts him with ink. And and he got to work, and, you know, and the guy just disappeared into the crowd after that. So he, you know, he's covered in ink, and all of a sudden he goes to work and finds out that one of his coworkers also got inked that day. So they start, you know, doing a little research on this, and they find that now there have been five incidents in Toronto with this guy going around town at random, just picking people, squirting them with ink, and then disappearing. 
they have pictures of him that are clear enough that you can oh, identify him if you knew him. Yeah, they'll find him fairly quickly. You're right. The yeah. surveillance photo that they have, especially the one of his face, uh, there are wedding pictures that didn't come out that good. Assault? Does that qualify as assault? Um, probably, d- depending on how the laws are written, assault and or battery, because um, mm-hmm. it's it's touching. Even though you're not actually touching somebody, you're touching them with ink. But, yeah, he's got a red shirt on in, in the photo that we're talking about and a backpack on and a pair of headphones around. He just looks like any other guy. So you would walk by him a million times and not think anything weird was going on. But mm-hmm. they, they really want to get to the bottom of this. Obviously, he's ruining people's clothes. But you wonder, is this going to be the end of it? Why is this guy doing what he's doing? Again, I cannot get into the mind of somebody (laughs) that sprays pen ink on people as they walk by. Yeah, so, hey, I got a crazy idea. And he was right there, by the way, right in the middle of town. Uh, They described the user wrote they were sprayed with ink on King Street near Young. That's right in the middle of downtown Toronto. That's in the middle of everything. So clearly this guy is depending on crowds. Mm-hmm. to give him cover. Once he sprays somebody, he wants to be able to get away. And so far, it's worked. And then real quick, while we have a minute before we go to the top of the hour, this story out of the UK. So um, there were a couple of dog walkers that were just out walking their dogs, and they peer inside the window of the Seascape Cafe on Wednesday night, and they see bodies on the ground and the apparent murderer walking amongst them. So they call police to say, oh, my gosh, we have just discovered a mass murder. Police get there. In fact, that's not what it was. Nope. It was a yoga class. (laughs) Very alive. Yeah, they're all fine. The mass murderer was the teacher. Uh Uh-huh walking around to how sometimes in yoga you'll have a teacher come around and put bolsters on your under you and stuff to make you comfortable and and yeah they're known to lie down in the dark during yoga yeah and they were actually in what's called the corpse pose mm-hmm. oh, that's what they were doing as this couple of dog walkers just happened to be walking by looked in saw a room full of people in corpse pose and and kind of freaked out a little bit so yeah not not so great Weird. All right, we'll take a break here. Coming up in the next hour, saw the story yesterday. Uh, The actor Ethan Hawke is talking about who he is totally willing to direct in some pretty racy scenes. Get to this coming up here on KMBZ. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.